1: Hello, 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 aloha from Hawaii. I am Sue Rose Minahan and today is May 8th and happy Mother's Day to everybody. And you know you can be a mother to your plant. I have a plant. That's all I'm a mother to. And you can be a plant to a kitty cat. I was just at the store. I saw this adorable card that essentially says everything. We need avatars, yes. So I'm not a biological mother. I've done my fair job of that activity i hope and its meaningfulness to, to give credit and honor to those people that i was involved with but in other words i have i have a mother and she's no longer here but we can celebrate everything that it is about being that birthing process and we're at an evolutionary moment as always but with really decisive Transits, as that's what astrology looks at. It looks at the aspects it transits. What are these planets doing? Is we're all moving thousands of miles an hour, somehow holding onto this earth amazingly. So, our subject with Talk Cosmos today, and thank you very much for listening to our conversations, Awakening Your Authentic Self, have to do with two great aspects occurring. Mercury going retrograde as of tomorrow on the 10th on the East Coast in the morning. And then 12 hours later will be Jupiter finally entering Aries. It's still in Pisces as we're talking at the very last degree. So there's a lot of, you know, these signs do make a difference. We're including everything. Whereas with Aries, mm, forward in some fashion. So our wonderful kaleidoscope visions, will digest some of this along with a look at Johnny Depp because he illustrates quite a bit of these wonderful aspects. So with that, my thank you for listening to this great occasion. And I'm ready and we're ready for kaleidoscope visions
2: joining together to understand cosmic conscious energies engaging soul growth transitions illuminated through mythology and other cosmic languages this is your kaleidoscope visions panel
1: i'm sue rose minahan founder of talk cosmos an evolutionary and eclectic astrologer and consultant plus a certified color energy coach i love investigating mythology's language philosophizing esoteric fields of eternity, a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of bodies, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly poetry to stories and celebrate humanity's individuated co-creative life force
3: experience. I'm Amanda Pierce, a soul-centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment-based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology, I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating, and I enjoy creating new realities and
4: shifting old paradigms. I'm Julie Anglin, an intuitive healer and meditation teacher, combining my lifelong study of astrology and one-to-one intuitive and astrology consultations. I'm a clairvoyant reader and healer, I have worked as a creative business owner in finance and in publishing. I also facilitate an online
2: women's meetup group. And I'm John Shinworth, an astrologer whose evolutionary, traditional, and mythological techniques enhance my unique consultations. In honored sacred space, I encourage dialogue and mindfulness while we explore your birth chart together. I also hold a diploma from the International Academy of Astrology. When I'm not studying the cosmos, I enjoy penning poems, watching movies, or going on Washington State road trip adventures.
1: And like the Sufi poet, Rumi says, you are the entire ocean in a drop. <laughs> yes, aren't we though? Sometimes just swimming. Oh my goodness. Hello, all of you. Amanda, Julie, John, it's great Hello. to see Hi. you. Yeah, I Hello. miss you month to month. Hello. I know. Great <laughs> to be here. Yeah, it is a good foursome. So, so many ways to introduce this huge... It always is huge but it is huge right now I'm certainly feeling the beginning of the retrogrades and and I hadn't said but you know we're, it has to do somewhat with the stories because we're about to be on this precipice of initiating yet we're reworking how are we going to initiate it that's one way of looking at it I guess maybe and okay so do Shall we look at the chart right away? Let's get started. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Here is Mercury retrograde. This is tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock in the morning, 48 minutes in a.m. That's Eastern time. So that's going to be 1148 on the Pacific time and 2 o'clock 48 here in Hawaii. And, of course, in Europe. It'll be, what is it, uh, seven, nine hours ahead of that, nine or ten hours ahead. Okay. So we have Mercury making its second time. And, you know, it's beginning in air every time this here and it's going back to Earth. That's not an easy transformation. You know, like in this, just think of Uranus and Gaia, the whole mythology of that. They uh produced a lot and and I will finish saying as that and you're so kind to listen, being here on the ocean in Hawaii as I drive about in the big island, I am so conscious of the fact of just the water and the sky creating everything all the time because the expansion you know I'm just a micro moment here in the huge seventy percent of the ocean, so Somehow that air has got to get to land, you know. Anybody want to start in some great comment and just boomerang on forward?
4: <laughs> well, just just on an obvious level, all of a sudden where I am uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area, it's really windy, <laughs> incredibly windy. That That air movement is just blowing out the old stuff.
1: I'm so glad to hear you say that because here – in the last week, it has been, too. In fact, when we had our pre-chat, remember, I think one of you was saying the wind was just blowing. I actually moved in the back room. It's been powerful. Yes, good, good call.
2: There were heavy rains in Portland. I was just there over the weekend. That was kind of interesting. Be kind of cloudy, breezy, but at night, uh, strong rains and stuff. Oh, beautiful.
1: It yeah. is because that's the recycling, isn't it? I keep yeah. remembering that. Be- and water goes from air into water, right? Air goes from, it goes from air. What am I talking about? It goes from, it's in the, the water goes up in the air and in the water. They keep mixing. Sure. They mix a lot. Yep. <laughs> Amanda? <laughs> well,
3: I will say um, mercury retrograde often gets a bad rap. I mean, it can bring its challenges, but it's really, there's so much gifting in it because Mercury is is constantly moving forward. And with it, we're gathering more and more information so that we can then analyze it, which is another Mercury function. And then from there, synthesize it into wisdom, which is the Jupiter function. And when it goes retrograde, we get to backtrack a bit and go over some of that same information that we had been gathering and pick up things that we may have missed. So Mm -hmm. it's really interesting that we've got this Mercury retrograde happening on the same day that Jupiter is going into Aries. And and so it's Mm -hmm. another opportunity to kind of synthesize into that Jupiterian wisdom.
4: I like what you just said. It's a lot like having the lens pulled back so that the retrograde kind of allows Jupiter to go, all right, expand your vision of what that moment is to encompass the past and maybe things you weren't looking at and broaden your sensibilities.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And Jupiter moving from from Pisces to Aries, that's such a big shift. That's from the end to the beginning. So we're starting a brand new beginning with this Jupiter and
1: Aries transit. Yeah, what seeds? What seeds do we want? to birth or will birth because in some ways it's you choose one and it probably dom- dominoes with another set john
2: we think of uh i always think of uh retrogrades as internalizing things so the mind really going into our minds and yet we have this also really strong in energy of this gigantic planet planet shifting signs which is a little disconcerting so trying to keep a level ground keeping our feet on the ground Is a useful thing right now
1: it there are many a a, a kaleidoscope you could say of real energies if nothing else i think our name really spells it out we go in so many ways you keep turning it and the picture keeps changing because we have saturn in aquarius and at this moment it, it it it's I'm stutter. It's actually still between the past and the present. So when you brought the past, because of the nodes, you know the lunar nodes that are in the fixed signs of Taurus, our, our ability to survive and be self reliant, and our deep, committed, emotional um, relationships that that we create power and and share power with, you know
2: when you when you look at this chart i'm, I'm copy all the stelliums it's a bunch of planets in pisces a bunch of planets in aries and a bunch of planets in taurus you got water fire and earth equally represented very strongly all trying to be heard so it's a little bit like a storm maybe and having having to find out what where we want to be what we want to feel and how we want to go forward
1: <gasps> <Yeah. laughs> a lot of thinking a lot yes it is it is and for the United States, this is a a chart. And at that particular moment, if we look at it as a seed chart, the moon is also ruled by Gemini. It's in Virgo. Of course, the moon changes 13 degrees every day. Two and a half days, it goes in a new sign. But just as a moment, like you brought up, Amanda, that Mercury, you know, has that reflection of analyzing. So that'll be a, a deep
4: I, I also, I, I often think of Mercury retrograde, right? I have an analogy that it's like shuffling the deck of cards. And with mm. the moon in Virgo, it reminds me so much that Virgo is very good at ordering things. So reordering of ideas and concepts and thoughts. It would be really appropriate.
1: That is so inspiring.
3: Yes, it, and, and I love Virgo as a tool for discernment, like discerning what's, what's good information here. What are we going to really take into our lives and, and adapt and, and use? And what's, what's not? What's the stuff that we just don't want to take in and, and isn't worth our time or just isn't correct for us?
4: You know, when you say that, it makes me think about just the facts, ma'am. It it is very much about what you see is what you get. It's an earth Mm. presentation. So though it's going to be really well used in that way, it might also um, kind of make a narrow focus and take away some of the other factors that should be or hopefully will become more part of a retrograde expression, which is emotional understanding and, and creative breadth and all of those types of values.
2: And keeping the the fires lit, Saturn conjunct, Vesta, the eternal firekeeper, keeping a steady flame going, whatever that may be for you.
1: Oh, yes. And in fact, I, I just have to go back to the idea of where we sit in this nation of the United States in some really big changes, politically speaking, that involve all our thought, you know, what was Wade Rowe, just as starters, besides immigration, you know, how are we taking the Ukrainian people in just so many elements that life is really forcing upon us between the past and the, the future. I don't know if life is forcing, we have allowed, this is where we're at in our, our moment. And it's, 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 it's huge. So on it's, yes indeed and, and we're still within that time of the the conjunction you know we have this major conjunction between the water neptune in pisces with jupiter They're, they're sep- jupiter's separating and really will separate as of tomorrow when it gets into aries of its new direction of becoming but it's still conjunct to that powerful energy of neptune well, with the water
3: and not only that, Jupiter's ruler. Jupiter is in Aries, and so it's ruled by Mars. Mars is in Pisces as well, and it's coming into a conjunction with Neptune. So we're really not fully getting out of this Piscean energy. We're we're moving into that Aries energy, but then there's there's some challenges in kind of getting that moving and getting our 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 feet underneath us, and so. I think one of, the, one of the takeaways that I have from this is to really don't forget the lessons that we've been going through and the, the gifts that we've been getting with this Piscean transit when we had Jupiter conjunct Neptune and all of that beautiful visioning and connecting to the universe. That's going to really help us move forward in this new Aries period.
1: I like it's that. it's it's
4: ironic that that pile up in in Pisces is in the last sign. It's really kind of about, about endings in a way, but yet it's a conjunction which is really about beginnings, yeah. and and at a retrograde moment, it is again looking backwards and forwards at the same time.
1: Reminds me that Pluto is sitting right. Pluto, the planet archetypal planet of transformation of power of personal power of 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 re-exchanging re-exchanging if that's a word you know with our commitments and our to keep the life moving forward is in the eighth house retrograde so yes john something was gonna you were gonna say something i think
2: yeah uh mars and pisces and the shift from pisces to aries i when I think of that combination, I think of like, if you're in a swimming pool and you're trying to jog in like a swimming pool or underwater, you're trying to run, but the water's, it's just really hard to do. You want to get that energy going, but of course you're fighting the water. That may be what this transition feels like. It wants to be born, but the water is holding us up.
4: And there's <laughs> yeah. a lot. Hidden... Li- it- Go ahead. it's a. Li- am <laughs> sorry. It's like we're all thinking and flashing at the same time. Um, it's very liminal. It feels as though right. part part of our awareness is so spiritual, and as we're trying to get that information oh. in the body, it's a yes. It's, it is a slippery wow. slope. It's not. That's what the retrograde
1: a- is. Yes, from from air to earth to us to our temple, getting inside. <laughs> yeah,
3: and there's there's really it, to really get this Aries energy moving. You you have to go with the flow. You have to be in the flow and with the current. And there's a piece there about trusting the universe that the universe is on your side because Mm. I mean, that's a belief that you can hold that the universe is here to help you. And, Mm. and sometimes that's hard to, to remember, but Jupiter is about beliefs. And so it's, we're moving into this new Aries period where with Aries, it's like, it just wants to do it and go it alone in a lot of ways. Hmm. And we have some wounding around that because We're moving into the sign that Chiron is in as well. So Jupiter and Chiron are co-present. So they're connecting in their energies. And we've got wounding around doing things on our own and maybe having trouble stepping into like our agency and and our ability to, to make choices Julie, you're you've got something on your mind. Do you want to I, say? I
4: do. I'm sorry. I'm like, shut up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. it was beautiful. The, I know. I loved it. The autonomy with one's body. This is so critical right now. And and I, I keep thinking about Aries and how it essentially burns off the the illusions of the water sign Pisces. Hmm. It's not that Ooh. we're going to it, it oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that we're going to lose it, but it's it's like burning off maybe some of the illusions and some of the non-physicality and getting it down to initiative. And how do we move forward from this watery place of inspiration to action?
0: Oh, you I, know I think a
2: lot of the things that the wounded warrior comes forward because Chiron and Aries, wounded warrior literally... So where, where we've been uh, hurt in our fights and how we need to work through that perhaps
1: as Chiron gets you, lit
2: up these next few days.
1: This is exactly how life began. It began, as we know, in the water with the heat, right? I mean, way down there in the bottom of the ocean, the little volcanoes were happening and all that heat and everything, and there was oxygen in the water. And so it all evolved as far as scientific speaking. I, I, That's right. I, I, I think it's so fascinating what you just said
4: because I was reflecting on our comments in the past few minutes and thinking about birth and thinking about how birth is is not a starting point. It is part of a phase from an cell, exactly cell, right cells joining cells and becoming and drawing all these energies into beingness
1: but i and then coming s- to initiate through the body well it's true and and i'm going a little detour here listening because i have a point i wanted to make but i will say that in that process of life there's a lot of death too because not everything manifests. If we go back to the mythology of it, with Gaia, Earth, and Uranus with an O, but Uranus, the the big heavens, you know, just back, like think back pre, before people, millions, maybe billions of years ago, because we're four and a half billion years old, but there was so much life just happening, this germination, but not everything survived, right? things kind of don't have their whole energy focus and they perish. So I'm not saying just because it was life, it has to live, which anyway, we won't get political and and (laughs) all into that, but I had to comment, you know, there is like not every, never, not every little seed in the earth when you plant your carrots is going to become a carrot. (laughs) So at any rate, but what I really wanted to go back to, which I think Amanda, you kind of all of this thinking percolated us like popcorn, it's like the trusting of the universe I was thinking that is so paramount and also the burning off the what the two of you all three of you because if we look at Ceres sitting there the archetypal mother of grief here it is Mother's Day she was so grief-stricken you know the agricultural queen of or not she wasn't a queen she was a goddess but of of death of of her go- her daughter Persephone you know, going to the underworld, germinating and becoming her queen and becoming all of this, but in such peril. But yet the grief, and so she takes the during her nannyship, being a nanny to this royal uh, couple with so the children tried to burn off just like you were saying about the illusions, right the mor- the the mortality I just a moment uh, you know write your notes down here because I'm on this I gotta finish it and that is is that, and so therefore it is really supporting that idea that we are keeping the dreams birthing all of this but but shedding the old and and needing to trust and there are. There are ways to do the trusting. I just had to do tapping. I don't know if anybody is, does that EDF, but I was in a bit of a lull, sinking, sinkhole of my own little life. And uh, I thought, okay, rise to the occasion, do some tapping. <laughs> so in other words, it's part of that trust factor. There are other elements just than in the head because it is the body, like trying to synthesize what you're both saying.
4: Okay. Um, When you talk about trusting the body and the idea of, uh, I forget what you were saying. And I wanted to relay something that I learned about Chiron as a, as a a body that it's atmosphere has this capability of becoming clouded over. And it's, it's though there's something distilling it within Chiron's atmosphere and what it does. It, It's symbolic of distillation of what is occurring. So there's a release through the fog, and it becomes clear what is going on. And I remember hearing this lecture about the discovery of Chiron and then equating it to some of its meaning. It has a lot to do with clarification.
1: That's heavy. The sediment is falling in my brain. So that is the atmosphere of, because it is true that what's actually there physically in the universe helps describe its meaningfulness. So its atmosphere has this enshrouded cloud, you're saying. Process.
4: Processing. This is how it
1: processes. Yeah. It is a centaur, actually. It's in that centaur Kepler belt. Right, John? Kepler belt you just studied Oh uh,
2: yeah what's that called the uh can't think of the name of it. the kepler belt or
1: No the Kuiper the Kuiper belt But
2: oh, the Kuiper K- belt yeah
1: Yeah the Kuiper belt K- That's where the K- centaurs are yeah. yeah the centaurs which have their own meaningfulness that is fascinating and and this idea of the clarity and it must have to do about you know if I think the protective element hadn't thought of any well, dist- element distillation
4: has to do with letting go of things that need to be burnt off i mean just to come back to an earlier theme so that i mean when you think about some connections chiron has to health it brings you back to what's really important to make things work better to oh, what work for about-
1: health sorry go ahead no what about distilling i'm thinking of water that's what no, I said- you- yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm elaborate. I'm thinking re- stilling means boy, all of a sudden my little steam engine, you know, boiling the water up the test tube and all the impurities fall out and then you get this pure water for whatever purpose. Yes. And this is so also this- going to
2: be a time to do this distilling and this health work in a loving way and a gentle way. Cause uh, next few weeks you got, or days wherever it's going to be Venus passing oh. over Chiron.
1: Let's look no. at the next slide. Good point. If we may. Oh, I can do that, I think. Okay, here we go. Jupiter, later this afternoon, and we're almost at our break moment, uh, will be in zero Aries. So the moon is still in Virgo that day, of course, and we still have the stelliums, but we have now Jupiter in its relationships to uh, sextile Pluto of transformation, but out of sign, moving further away. Still conjunct Neptune that is of the water distillation uh, dissolvement, but moving away. And what else? Oh, and a series. It's square. It's in that tension relationship Mm. to series. Where is series? Oh, in the... This East Coast this happens at 7 uh, 21 p.m. East Coast tomorrow in the eighth house so the so Jupiter here is in the creation house of the fifth house well
4: that's interesting because it sort of uh, it links in some other concepts of of um, Gambling, money, creativity, childbearing, raising kids. I mean, there's a lot of really interesting threads there
2: romance and entertainment,
4: speculation.
2: Yeah.
1: I was just before this today looking at Forbes. They have many magazines, and they have one under thirty. It's the only one I'm keeping because it's a fascinating idea. People under thirty, what are they doing? Well, and I was looking, and this they have one for Europe and one for the United States. I happened to look at the one for Europe, and the idea is is that Europe supposed to be ripe for entrepreneurship. And what did you just say, Julie? Speculation. Said, speculation speculation okay that's what got me going <laughs> that yes speculating that europe is right for entrepreneurship and that the big countries and cities we'll go by the cities because it's the same as the countries berlin paris munich madrid and stockholm and uh and london and that 70 percent of these ki- people feel that being under 30 is working for them. That's an advantage. And they work 62 hours a week. They're really got the energy going. I know. And they're raising as a group um, $439 million. So in other words, theres they branch it out into celebrities, which is a whole group of people. And that's always pretty much in that age group. I think there's always going to be celebrities, actors, musicians. I mean, it's great, but that's part of the life. But it's the health, not to dismiss that, but the health was fascinating. Some of these brainstorm ideas. But so there is a lot of seed. That's Forbes, if anybody's interested. Well, that may have been a stage blocker right there (laughs) without room for comment. But we are at that, unless somebody has a burning thought, because we are at that moment where we break away for some announcements and we'll be back. This is Kaleidoscope Visions on Mother's Day. Wishing everybody a grand time or many healing moments, however it might be in your life. And we'll be back. May 8th with Amanda and Julie and John and myself, Sue Rose. Thank you.
0: Hi, it's Dr.
1: While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We're currently in the period of Taurus. By leaving a cycle based upon initiation, the energy of Taurus integrates spirit into a solid form of matter that is tangible and physical. It's an Earth sign, concerned with self-sufficiency and the values to maintain the strength of a life form throughout its survival.
0: Hi. It's Dr. Laura Tad, and I wanted to let you know about my course in Personal Mythology. Now offered as a self-paced online class, you can explore the stories you live by and those you have inherited from your ancestors, culture, and society. This course comes with eight 30-minute check-ins with me as you move through each of the modules. Enrollment is ongoing. For more information or to register, please go to my website, mythicsky.com. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Hello, this is Dr. Judy Zafrier. I'm a holistic psychiatrist in the Boston area and an evolutionary astrologer, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars.
3: Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com
1: Hello, thank you everybody. And we're continuing with Kaleidoscope Visions on May 8th, Mother's Day. And I have with me Julie Anglin, John Chinworth, Amanda Pierce, and myself, Sue Rose Minahan. And we've been discussing at length the first morning well, the first conjunction, of it's not a conjunction. Thank you, Sue. It's a retrograde. Mercury is retrograding in Mercury, in Gemini. Thank you. I'm <laughs> rushing, I'm rushing so far backwards. I'm going forwards. Yes. <laughs> thank you. And uh, so now we're discussing the Jupiter ingress, as we call it in astrology terms, into Aries, and we had brought up issues. I want to remember particularly the autonomy that Julie brought up about the body and Taurus, because that is so evident. We're still, we're really in this month of the archetype of Taurus. So all this gets threaded in some way, doesn't it, to that factor. And we were talking about, but the past and the future, because of the nodes in Saturn, is a huge element. The reorder because of the Mercury that John was bringing up and the trust in the universe that Amanda is bringing up because of Pluto, if nothing else, and and how it's changing in all our charts. It'll be a little different. So all these are such important factors. So now resting on this... I wonder if we should go to the next... What is the next one? Well, can I say something Mm -hmm.
3: about the... um You mentioned Ceres in Gemini and how that is squaring Jupiter. And that's a really interesting thing to bring up. Ceres is, um, it's an archetype of deep loss and an archetype of mothering, like you've mentioned. And so it's being, it's in Gemini, so it's ruled by that Mercury. And so the Mercury retrograde is really going to impact this. And so there's a chance to kind of, do a little more work around um, remothering ourselves. And another piece that's interesting here is that Pluto is, is quincunx series. So they're both at 28 degrees. And so this really ties into, we're seeing that in the news with the, the Roe v. Wade and like the, the rights to, to choose whether you're a mother or not. And, and so like there's power issues coming up around this. And so there's just, there's a lot of really potential in our own personal lives to, to kind of delve into that and deal with any power issues we have and kind of during this Mercury retrograde period, um, kind of be able to digest better some of the information that's being given to us because the universe is always giving us information and it wants to help us. So, so digesting that information that we maybe the first time around didn't, weren't able to, to get to.
4: Well, and also Ceres has a great deal to do with grain and food. And there are a lot of issues going on in the planet about food insecurity. There are places where the climate has created such inhospitable conditions that crops are struggling so i think on a on a since it's eighth house series i mean has speaks a lot to shared resources and how they're going to be impacted during the next few months about growing season and things not taking to the earth
2: when i put up this chart uh what caught my eye were the uh, there's a bunch of quintiles and biquintiles and they make a quintile kite so biquintile from the south node to series and there's a biquintile from the South Node to Chiron, and then Ceres, Chiron, of course, or Quintile. That's creativity. And I think it's like a creative use and creative stewardship at this time is needed.
1: Chiron and Ceres
2: being planets about taking care and improvement.
1: That's That's great. Yeah, it ties it really beautifully, all three of you here. And I like this. I didn't bring up in this chart those... um, um, uh, by quintiles, the quintile, which is a t- to tell people, um, it's seventy-two degrees, and it's also where you have the ability, but you need to work at it to make it a talent, and so it like uh, creative, like and also
2: to use the talents that you have.
1: So yes, that's it. Them, yeah, yeah, to make use of them, but you have that like a, a, in store, so that's valuable, and I'm thinking. I'm hoping, however, feeling, how well, all these ideas, that the grain, the earth, this sense of mothering ourselves through the caring for the world at large will unify us. It's my Piscean dream that we can bring into Aries. It's well, a good dream. <laughs> with Jupiter uh, coming to Venus in
4: Aries, I mean, that that indicates a huge sense of generosity and, and gifting yes. and maybe extending outward to help others
1: yes because aries is very generous it's true yeah it is it isn't always thought of that it's often thought of as defending his causes but it's it's a fire sign it's yeah. very generous giving outward and
2: jupiter yeah. as santa claus wearing all red bring gifts
1: <laughs> love it <laughs> well it's a good call yeah it is um we have this for a a long period of time i'm sorry i didn't bring up how long but usually it's a year whereas jupiter and pisces was pretty quick in fact i will say that of course this experience only going to be in the first few degrees and then it does go back into the last degrees of pisces for a while and then returns i think in the fall so later in the summer we'll go back into the the wet world of neptune again yeah yeah uh jupiter Mm -hmm. goes
3: retrograde in aries Mm -hmm. on july 28th and then back into pisces in october Mm. okay so it's 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 a really important transit this jupiter Aries. We don't always get the retrograde um, in Jupiter, so it's another piece where we get more time to kind of integrate right. these new belief systems for ourselves.
1: I'm glad. Which you is a
3: good that.
2: thing, as we a sense of the world speeding up because it's Aries, you have that feeling. So having Jupiter sent back into Pisces a little bit and might be kind of nice. Put on the brakes yeah the
3: yeah to well, review mm, go ahead well and you know we we've had this pandemic where we really were forced mm. to slow down right, and right. do we want to go back to the massively fast pace that our lives were living in before is there something that something we can take from this time where we had to slow down that we can now integrate into our lives differently
4: well that echoes the nodal shift too. If I, to Scorpio Taurus, once again, it's back to the basics of Taurian, you know, back to the body, back to the earth, back to the rhythms of the earth. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And our uh, values that we have, do they still operate for our rela- deep, resourceful relationships? Or do we want to change those, which also gets back to the food and all these, it's a big kaleidoscope of, of, of impacts. So much. Well, we've, shall we go to the next? I I feel this is a subject that we can return to, I mean, easily. Oh, yeah. Okay. So did I (laughs) go forward? No, I didn't. Here we go. So we have Johnny Depp. Now, Johnny Depp, for those that may not know, is an actor in, Pirates of the Caribbean, for one. And he's been an actor for most his life. He's in many, many shows and shows a bit of humor with his illustration, I would say, of Pirates of the Caribbean. And I will say, too, that our emphasis here is, as brought up, is without prediction. We're just looking at some of the factors in his life that are evident right now. So, okay, I will continue then. He was born June 9th, 1963. He's a Gemini. That was at 844 in the morning in Owensboro, Kentucky. And you can find that on astro.com. So it's public information. And a public information person has, from what I understand, the ability that we can talk about him, his chart. It's public. He's a public figure. So he's a Gemini. So Mercury definitely always has... A lot of emphasis on his life um, ruling his son and it happens to be his ascendant in Leo it all goes back to his son, so this mercury retrograde for one will of course have some emphasis. and the other brief things are that he's having two returns right now he's having his Jupiter is in Aries. And he will be having a return. It's up there in the ninth house, 13 degrees Aries. And he's having a Saturn return as we speak, 23 degrees. So his life is, and he also, and we will discuss what those mean. Because Jupiter's expansion and Saturn is of limitations to get the new structure in life.
2: I uh, studied this, the Jupiter returns, I don't remember where I I read it before, but the Jupiter returns match uh, like uh, the houses. So your first Jupiter return is like the first house. The second return is like the second house and so on. So this would be uh, Johnny's fifth uh, Jupiter return, which would be tied to creativity. And I wonder if he'll have a uh, period of more creativity, making more movies or expanding his music or something.
1: It'd
2: be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, I've wondered too what because there is, are great changes what with this current um, situation that is in the law case right. trying to defend himself and we don't know how that's going to go. True. But we do know that because he's having a Saturn return and I will mention a few words that I looked up so that we can tell people cuz Saturn returns it's when Saturn returns to the exact zodiac sign degree and house at birth. And there is, so it happens roughly at 58 plus years of life for the second time. The first one was about 29. And it could be said that looking at Saturn, of course has to do about our responsibilities, but yet, but it's really about uh, the true path, its longevity. And so it's really, about an ending and beginning as it's making that cycle, just like we are now between Pisces and Aries. You know, it's always that completion of, okay, I've done it once. Now, how am I going to step it up? So it's making adjustments, but the universe, because it's Saturn, kind of steers you with what hasn't been working so well. It's not always an, it's a it's a task it's it can be challenging but it really comes down to not so much about the it can have to do about legacy at that second time but it because i'm re, i'm digesting what i've read but it's also what i like to think about is who's the author of my life who's the authority and so the restrictions and limits or fears if we are in alignment with saturn become evident and we have a growth period. So. Yeah, it's really fascinating that this, mm-hmm. the
3: Saturn return is, <laughs> is coming forward now for him while this trial is going on and his Saturn is in the seventh house of relationships. So there's a lot here that, that the the universe is kind of bringing to him to kind of say, okay, well, where are you in your um, kind of standing in your your own inner authority in relationships. And he is, he is, what it it sounds like is he is finally kind of stepping into that authority and willing to speak out about it when in the past he has not. And you can see that his Saturn natally squares that Mercury and squares his Venus as well. So relationships, communication, and Venus and, and Mercury are both in Taurus. Which is not it's a pre verbal sign. So it's not about speaking out so much and it really wants to smooth things over and have them just be really, really nice and comfortable. Um, But that doesn't look like it has worked for him very well in this situation.
1: So it's all
3: kind of coming forward.
1: Yeah, you brought up a few good points that that will be later. One is in Chinese astrology, he is a water rabbit. Water is emotional. And the rabbit is not the aggressor of its main theme is really uh, um, propagation in some form. You know, it propagates, creates. And so, yes, I think it's evident what you're saying about but taking authority, that, that's a fascinating thing because this was, this trial had been, from what I read, he'd been advised, eh, it could be difficult. But yet you're right. He needs to take that authority, right or wrong, and go with what happens. And Satter gets a bad rap because it is difficult. It's not easy
3: work. It's like you really got to step into it. And so he made that choice to to really, to really, you know, do the Saturn work here and, and um, we'll see how that pans out for him. Well, it's and it's curious, be... it's oh, curious
4: ahead. because he's doing this at a point where his solar return looks like the heaven is at 26 Taurus. There's an exact square well, there.
1: We can do that one. Here it is. Oh, it's, here's his. It's so oh that's the In... Mercury. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I did. Here's the solar. Um, okay. That is the solar return. And here is his solar return. Yeah,
4: So it's in the public eye and it's interesting to me that he's spiritually stepped into this place of maybe teaching others about what it means to get real to what really you need to be doing. You know, Saturn's calling him to account for his past actions and his decisions to go forward to make good decisions in the public eye.
2: He's also being challenged to tell about his early childhood, which uh, didn't sound like the happiest time, you know. He said he just openly share like how his mother was and his father was. And that can't be easy for him for somebody who likes to be cool and all glossed over, you know. Uh, The rabbit is known as the peacemaker. And whatever happens, you want peacefulness around you. And when you can't do that, it may not be very comfortable. And also the Venus and Taurus that he has. It's probably very challenging.
1: And I like it, John. Thank you. And and all of you, thank you. I, mean, I don't mean to choose one, of course. But the point that I'm making is that that south node, the transiting south node that we're all experiencing, which is in Taurus, which is still late Taurus because it goes towards zero. It only happened as of this year in January and it continues until July of next year, I believe, is that it in his fourth house. So it would be the, the very emotional. Uh, betrayals or or difficult um, rejections and, and 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 issues of the fourth house, yes, of the past. Well, Neptune is conjunct Lilith
4: in his natal fourth, so that speaks to a lot of that wild child stuff from his early upbringing, sort of the unpredictability, the the I'm going to do what I'm going to do because you're. Making my life difficult, you know, the dynamics with his parents, and that's really rough stuff. And
1: neglect, and neglect, right? right. And, Neptune, and and
4: so I I look at that Neptune in the fourth in the natal, and I look at that solar return where it's up in his eighth. So there's there's a real dissolving going on about what emotional resources have meant to him, what they've maybe. What, what he needs to let go of to move mm-hmm. forward.
3: Well, and Saturn is a, it's an archetype of parenting and the father. And so he, he didn't have that correct modeling from parents. And so here he's, he's choosing to kind of step in into a place I... where he's, he's taking care of himself Yes. In a way where he gets to reparent and kind oh, of good. re-father
1: himself. So good. Really good yes. point. Yes, it is. And then, John, I think you're going to say something, but I'm realizing that it will be next year when he has his Jupiter return. I looked that up. And it begins, I wrote it down, I thought, in one of these. But it'll be in 2023 going into 2024. So he has that ahead of him. So now it's restricting and it will expand, which Jupiter does. You know, it's always that contraction expansion that we have in life. But with his both being in, he obviously was born shortly after that 20-year conjunction between the two planets. You were going to say something, John.
2: Oh, no, I just, uh, I've been looking at quintiles again, and he just has so many quintiles in his chart. Not surprising for a creative artist, right? He has four quintiles, one by quintile
1: Oh, we so, have only a few minutes. I can't believe we've gone. Well, here, I'm going to do really quickly between these two. She is a fire tiger, which I thought was interesting. I always look at Chinese astrology, mm-hmm. but... And I hope this is being fair, but from what I read, in other words, fire is going to be like, I'm on top. I can, I've got this and brash, bold, whereas he's mild, but they do have Venus conjunct. Oh, I misspelled it, but <clears throat> they, you can see they have the affinity. So regardless of all that, at any rate, thank you. We have a few minutes here. Well, one
3: last thing about that chart, um, the the synastry chart between Johnny and Amber that uh, you called out that her Mars is conjunct his moon. And that's nice. like a, a, a very um, classic like attraction factor in sinistry. And, but the moon is the more feminine nurturing energy and Mars is the more masculine energy. And so here with them, it's, it's swapped. And so, yes. you know, we've, we've gone through this me too movement where women are, reclaiming their, um, I guess their power in, Something. in terms of, you know, relationship dynamics. And, but if we're allowing the women to do that, we have to allow the men to do that. too. Yes,
1: we do. And thank you on that. We only have a moment, but I do think very clearly that in a sense, Johnny is stepping up to say, Hey, is this, there's two sides to every story. Thank you. Because, yeah. You know, you can't just slam somebody and believe. I mean, we're not talking about a serial person like Wine, whatever his name was, Weingarten. Weinstein. Thank you. But we're talking about one individual, one relationship, and, and going through the whole baggage and laundry of it. And so, in other words, a person has a right to speak up their identity. People make mistakes and people have to learn. So well, and
3: I and I agree with Julie in saying that like this is a spiritual gift to all of us like having this play out on this stage.
1: It is true. So we are about to. Oh, we will have to remember this moment when Jupiter goes back on July 28th to Pisces. But meanwhile, open up the gates, start hopping along. I mean, <laughs> whatever your sign is. Thank you, all three of you. John Chinwood, Amanda Pierce, and Julie Anglin. Lovely connecting with you all. And happy Mother's Day, everybody. Somehow, mother yourself, mother the earth. Blessings. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.